This week, we inflict our visage upon the werewolf house on episode 161 of Indie Game Riot. Everybody, this is Josh, and I'm here once again by Spooky Ian McGammit. Jesus Christ! Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that caught me off guard. We go, we go full cheese. Yeah, no, no kidding. Full cheese on Halloween. Uh, as you can tell, he is a ghost. Uh, you can tell by how white he is. Um, <laughs> I, I say as I what are, what, as what I are you glow. going as what are you going as today, John? Translucent. <laughs> <laughs> Powder from the nineteen ninety. Oh wow, that's an obscure <laughs> reference. Oh, uh, wow. one of the first movies to traumatize me. Um, <laughs> that's a whole story in itself, man. That, uh, God, that movie. Anyway, <laughs> did I date myself? That's a pretty old movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely dated. I think I think you like. I'm glad you a... got it. Yeah, no, no. That's a, it's a, it's a, what it's a, it's a Jeff Goldblum movie. I'm pretty sure. Right? Is Jeff Goldblum in that? I think he is. Isn't he the the like the friendly authority figure, the paternal figure? Is he a therapist I, or something? I don't even know. Like I I the only thing I remember is that movie making me sob. Like I cried hardcore, and I was a young kid. It was uh, it was it was it was upsetting. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a. I, but you're I, also you're also talking to the guy that cried uh, at Nutty Professor. What? So. <laughs> because, <laughs> hey, in my defense, that be, I'm I'm an empathetic guy. It's incredibly moving film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an empathetic guy, and the reason that I cried at Nutty Professor, and the same reason I cried in Powder, is because like in the Nutty Professor, you know that scene where he's like goes out on a date and they go to the, the comedy place. Yeah. And the guy's just fucking trashing him. Yeah, yeah. And he felt like shit afterwards. That's yeah. why I cried. And I mind you, I was like nine. And hey, man. And and I was like I, I I felt for him because he's like he's being bullied and he's like a super nice guy just because he's big you know hey, yeah, it's, it's very so, virtuous man. So anyone who's judging me, fuck you. <laughs> I I won't I no no, of course. Emotional <laughs> response. We need more. More people should emotionally respond to movies. That, that's, that's what yeah. we need. I'm gonna cry. And, every, uh, I'm gonna it's cry in, during it's every Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> hey, well, Adam Sandler, down for the count. I'm always. Um, I, I, I've seen uh, what? What is it? Uh, knocked up. I guess several times now, and I'm always kind of surprised. Every time I see it, I'm like surprised by two things. I'm like, first of all, like holy shit, this movie is long. It's like two right. and a half hours long. And the second thing is like, uh, it like gets actually really sort of serious and depressing <laughs> in the middle, and then and then. It's like wow! It's it's actually it's a, it was a for what it was. It's a good movie. I can't believe what's her face hated it. Yeah. I can't believe what's her face hated it. 
Just because what she she hated it just because like her fake vagina showed up on screen, right? Like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even sure. That's what. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to Halloween. <laughs> uh, so yes, this is the Halloween episode of Indie Game Ride. We do so every year. Um, I don't think we missed last year. I'm pretty sure we do it every year. Anyway, uh, we got some spooky games. Woo! They are. They are Would you like to try spooky. your hand at, at cheesy spook? Ooh. That's <laughs> that sounded like a really flamboyant werewolf. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's in that's in keeping with tonight's uh, tonight's game. Yeah, that, yeah, that works. <laughs> oh, woo! I say it's the last game that I played, so I must be channeling. What's that guy's name? What's that guy's name with the mustache? Oh, yes. <laughs> He's like him as a werewolf. Uh, the guy that's always on The Simpsons. He actually he's like. He was like I Love Lucy a lot or something. I don't know. I forget the guy's name. Anyway. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, we got some good stuff for you. But, however, before we get into the spookiness. <laughs> how's your week been? Oh, my week's been pretty good. Uh, I had a week off, kind of. So, I still had a bunch of homework to do. But, uh, I got to do it at a slower pace. <clears throat> So I got to play the games this week, which is really exciting. And then on Wednesday, uh, I went to a death metal show. Mm. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of death metal. And, is that uh, Canadian death metal? It was not, actually. Sorry. It was, uh, it was, it was Amer- American death metal played in Canada. I saw Suffocation and Cattle Decapitation. Oh, Excellent show. <laughs> Excellent uh, uh, show. Out of all rock genres, you know, subgenres... <laughs> Death metal is my least. Every single goddamn band name out of that genre, I'm just like, sure, I believe you. That's a real thing. I don't fucking know. You know, I know like Mastodon. Yeah, and, it's, uh... Like the closest thing I got to that and actually like, kind of enjoying it, and I don't even know if they're considered death metal. Is Under Oath? Uh, the, yeah, they're like they're like metalcore, deathcore, I guess. Uh, Under Under is pretty cool. I uh, I listened to them a lot back in the day. Um, yeah, that was an emo thing for me. That was yeah, it was a very uh, long time ago. I'm now I'm now definitely much much more brutal than I was when I was younger. I know uh, Rammstein. I well, that's yeah, that's like that's a whole other thing. That's like industrial music. That's how I got my my first taste of, so what the, of the, like heavy music. You know, that's what that's what bothers me as much because I have a very eclectic taste in music, and but it tends to lean mostly towards rock. Usually, um, but Not usually it's like that. it's usually like alternative rock and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I have a very soft spot for punk as well. But uh, rock bothers me so much because there are you you start with rock, and then there's subgenres, and then there's like sub subgenres, and then there's sub sub subgenres. And so many like how the fuck? Oh yeah, it, it's completely obsessive. It's it's a totally obsessional thing to do. Just like you know, infinitely subcategorized, and metal is like by far the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> I mean, you you just like look on on Wikipedia like subgenres of extreme metal. I think it's its own page, right? Mm. And 
just the number. I mean, you have your black metal, you have your death metal, you have your metalcore, you have your deathcore, and then you have your doom metal and your funeral doom metal and your black and funeral doom metal and your black <laughs> death and funeral doom metal. And yeah, it's 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 nauseating. Dude, like, at dude, what point like, do we just stop having genres and just saying each band is their own type of music? Well, you know right. I mean? I mean, this is the thing, though. It's like it's like really bizarre because once you're once you're it's ironic that it would be the arguably the most similar sounding like genre of music. The genre of music that is literally just about creating a wall of chaotic noise that uh, being heavy metal, that it would be that particular genre <laughs> that would have the most like, super sensitive about it. <laughs> just super sensitive. Um, hey, you go up to one of the band members, hey guys, uh, you guys you play death metal, right? It's not death it's metal. Not right. <laughs> It's not, it's, excuse me, but we we play post black and death core gaze like get it right electro death <laughs> post industrial neoclassical blackened doom core. <laughs> Vance is asking, uh, is Cannibal Corpse death metal? And uh, oh yeah, or, yeah, they're or Phantomus. Yeah, no. Phantomas? Uh, yeah, Phantomas, Phantomas, Phantomas. I, I would like put them as like. Um, I don't know, like avant-garde metal, but Candle Corpse is definitely death. They're like one of the the OG uh, early '90s death metal bands for sure. Phantomas hmm. um, is awesome, though. I uh, really like absolutely everything Mike Patton is involved in, including Faith No More. It's definitely not death metal, but still cool. Uh, all right. So you, you blasted your drums out good. I did. Um, great. So you can't hear me suck voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to the Renaissance Fair. That was my thing. Uh, that was yesterday, and uh, we would have gone today, except I, you know, requested yesterday off specifically for that. And, and uh, there's no other weekends that there because it's the last weekend that it's going on. And uh, it was like raining, and it was fucking cold and muddy, and uh, it was it was an interesting time. I've not experienced that with in that kind of weather before. Um, it's very realistic, I feel like. It w well, I was thinking that. I was thinking that. I'm like... Because at one point... Because my daughter was like freezing her ass off. And uh, we actually had to go and buy them gloves. And they, all they had left were fingerless gloves. But it was better than nothing to cover their hands, at least, you know. Um, but my wife was like... To my daughter, she's like, You know, you would die if this were like... <laughs> You wouldn't survive. You like you wouldn't survive if this was the real. Oh my god! The, the real medieval, you know, which is probably wouldn't the way she acts with the cold. Uh, but I was thinking that too. I was like, you know what? This is how they. This is how they lived back then. I'm, you know, with tough. <laughs> and to be like the actors and the people, the performers, you know, they dedicated man. They 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 go out there in full costume through the mud and the cold and the rain. Uh, we even saw, like, uh, there's this group that um, I watch every time I go. Uh, but basically, it's like they do these different plays and, like, little acts uh, in a mud pit. Oh, wow. And uh, so they go full out, like, usually just pants and that's it. Uh, although there is a woman, so, she, you know, she goes uh, fully clothed. But, um where they're, you know, they're a comedy act, and so they do, like, three different things during the day. The one that we saw was their version of Hamlet. Uh, 
and and you know they're diving into the mud pit and just sliding around and around on the edges and uh, as with as cold as it was, I was very impressed. It was, uh, yeah, that's serious. And I to the point where I even tipped them because they you know they do it for a living and they they usually ask for like you buy merch or tip if you can thank you. Uh, so we gave them five bucks. So I was like, man, you know, good job, way to be here. Because that's yeah. one thing we were worried about is like, like are, with it being the last weekend, it's gonna be rainy. Like, it, are things gonna be like? Are people who, not gonna be doing what they you know? Who in their right mind would be? <laughs> It was actually, I mean, it wasn't nearly as busy as any other time I've been there, but that said, it was still pretty lively as far as, like, people cool. goes. Cool. It wasn't too bad. Um, just very wet, very cold. We drank a lot of cider while we were there. A lot of warm cider. So, it was a good time, though. Uh, that's pretty much all I did. So. Nice. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you though, since this is the Halloween episode, yeah. do you have plans for Halloween? How I wonder what Canada is like in Halloween. Yeah, so I actually uh, part of my course is that uh, we are required to go to like party events, and we are graded on that, which sounds good. Until Sorry, I just remember. almost spit out my soup because it made me laugh. So we're, we're we're the thing is the reason that we're we're uh, graded on it and get a participation grade for it is because the director of the department knows that we're all like super introverted like socially anxious game dev <laughs> guys right so he knows that if 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 it, if it wasn't mandatory like I think ninety percent of the class wouldn't go so I have to go to two Halloween parties this <laughs> week there's the IGDA. Halloween. I like party I like how the way you're yet. you're addressing it. Like I have to go to the <laughs> Halloween party, dude. That shit. Like like I'll be straight up. Like like uh, that shit exhausts me because uh, I'm a pretty socially anxious person. As well, I remember it is. how you were at Magfest. Yeah, it just it tires me out so quickly, and like you know, and, and Magfest. Yeah, Magfest was is like a great <laughs> example. But like when I'm there and I'm not like presenting something or i'm just there to literally network it's it's one of the hardest things for me to do so it's good that i that i have to go because it does get a little easier every time um so the first one is the igda uh party and then the second one is uh, i think run by the school sure. they, they 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 grade you based on how drunk you get so, yeah right well yeah so we have to, <laughs> to, go, we have to get sufficiently drunk and we have to collect like a minimum number of contact information <laughs> 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 they're all girls numbers yeah <laughs> right yeah no not 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 my class <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say they had to be relevant contacts uh well how about you what are you what are you doing for halloween basically just trick-or-treating we were gonna have the kids wear their their costumes to the run fair because it was like their Halloween weekend, um, but with it being so disgusting out, you know, we didn't want to mess it all up with all the mud and stuff like that. So, but uh, the, you know, it's basically trick or treating on Wednesday, and and that's it. Um, I've never, I don't know if I've ever been to a Halloween party in my life. Cause, you know, like they portray it on like TV or movies or whatever. These Halloween parties, people are like, yeah, in their costumes and you didn't went to a Halloween party when you were in school or anything. Well, first of all, I was in boarding school half, half of my childhood, but uh, no, not really. I mean, I guess technically there were. It wasn't like a Halloween party per se, but I've been to, I've been to like shindigs that were around Halloween time and just happened to be like Halloween decorations up. You know what I mean? Like, 
but it wasn't supposed to be like, hey, wear your costumes and we're going to bob for apples and there's going to be Monster Mash playing. You know what I mean? Like, not well, that I, yeah, I guess you, you lucked out. <laughs> I've always, well, I've kind of wanted to go. I, although, it, nah, out of all, you know, I, I will say, out of all parties, I will say that the Halloween party seems like it would be the most awkward. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, uh, is like, only I would only recommend going to a Halloween party where you knew basically everybody there. Yeah, but I also recommend that about most parties. Just, yeah, that, those are the best ones where you have a more intimate relationship with the people there. Because. Yeah. Uh, I went through a phase in college with uh, parties like you know my my first my first semester of freshman year it was just it was just I was getting it all out of my system and uh, wouldn't it was very looking back it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> wouldn't recommend it to uh, oh yeah all you youngsters out there um, but anyway you know what. Uh, you know what sometimes gets put into Halloween candy? <laughs> Why uh, you should always check your Halloween candy. Would, would that be uh, because because uh, perverts are injecting your candied apples with indie news? Exactly. Indie <laughs> news injection. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an indie news injection. Thanks, indie games. Hello, and welcome to Indie News Injection. <clears throat> We've actually got quite a bit of news this week. Which Hot is, damn. Uh, yeah, now yeah, it's, uh, it's our, a uh, Ian's, uh, Ian's got the scoop. He's our journalist. It's a good week. It was a good week. A uh, few, few things uh, being released, <clears throat> or at least having news articles written about them being released. Uh, there were a lot of uh, top 10 and top 15 horror game lists that... Uh, had to sift through to find these gems, but <laughs> let's dive right in. So, uh, first up here, Retrosynthesis, the cyberpunk adventure game from Polish indie studio Black Nest. Its Kickstarter campaign has been canceled. Now, I'm not going to lie, uh, reading this story was the first I had heard about Retrosynthesis, but I was absolutely crushed by this news because uh, the trailer and the screenshots and the description look pretty cool. Now, it has been noted that uh, perhaps one of the reason that this game suffered is because it didn't offer anything uh, new in the cyberpunk narrative adventure game genre. And I say, who cares? It yeah. looks really good. Its if it's graphics good. were great. If its graphics are great, it should be made. Outside right? of like ripping someone off completely, <clears throat> If it's fun and if it's done well, yeah. why why does it matter that much? Like, like it's a, it's cool to have to be you know innovative. It's it, you know it's it's great, but like why if, if yeah. why just not have your take on on something? You know what what's who was it that said it was it Aristotle? So something about there's nothing new under the sun. I think that's the Bible. <laughs> well, I remember I took like theater in in college and. He quoted some philosopher as saying, uh, "Maybe it was Shakespeare. Maybe I think it was the Bible. I'm not sure. It was someone great. I think it was God. Person. It was God who said, uh, there's, 'There's nothing new under the sun.' Um, Jesus. But yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, I'll I'll take multi. You know, games that offer a new take on Blade Runner or Akira are are cool. That's cool with me. I don't care as long as it's a good game with like compelling storytelling." 
you know, sometimes innovation is in presentation, or sometimes it's like an incredibly just like subtle, nuanced part of the narrative. So like, who cares if it looks like Blade Runner? It looks sick. Um, also, like, it's weird because I feel like I, I, I've said this about something else recently. Uh, maybe it was about Observer when that game came out, Bluebird Team's second game. Yeah. Um, but. Everybody, there's this sort of common belief that, that cyberpunk uh, completely, like, saturates uh, video games. But uh, if you, like, really actually, like, look at it, like, pure, like, cyberpunk adventure games, there's not that many of them, relatively speaking, like, compared to, like, horror, which is, like, an incredibly bloated genre. Yeah, so Techno Babylon was great. Uh, that's like a really good example. The old Blade Runner game was great, like back in the day. I guess, Observer I guess, very recently, Deus Ex is, a, I guess, an example of cyberpunk. Observer but, was horror and sci-fi. Although yeah. more sci-fi, it turns out, but yeah, whatever. So, yeah, so I don't know. It, yeah, this is tragic. This is sad because the. Um, I I feel like I don't I don't have any basis for this claim, <clears throat> but I feel like that because it says that um they didn't raise enough for their crowdfunding goal which is whatever but uh that they've had disagreements with the publishing company playway which is a fairly large indie publishing company um but i feel like that's kind of a common thing with that company like do they do they assert themselves too much it seems maybe i don't no, know maybe I don't know. Have they had? Uh, <clears throat> have you you've heard of of them before in this context, having having arguments? I, with I, their... I can't bring up any kind of like reference because you know it's dispersed throughout my memory. But right. um, it, 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 for whatever reason, it rings a bell that Playway and developer disagreements seem to have coincided multiple times. But oh, that's uh, very interesting. Also, uh, indie game reviewer, you can suck my dick. IGR is mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the, the other IGR indie game reviewer, the the lesser IGR. Yeah, bitch. If I if I do say so. <laughs> <laughs> Go to their house and stick in these uh, injections into their Halloween candy. Well, R.I.P. Cyberpunk Adventure Game Retro Synthesis. Maybe one day you'll be resurrected. Come Ooh, back on. good Halloween tie-in. So, uh, up next, uh, yeah. we've got uh, some news from uh, your uh, uh, your uh, addiction, addictive substance of choice, Stardew <laughs> Valley, uh, which is going to be released on iOS, or is is released, was released, was launched on on iOS. So, <clears throat> here's my thing with this. And it's my question with every mobile, every game that's ported to mobile, um, like Minecraft. I thought it was so stupid, the whole idea of it. With touch controls, especially on a small screen, and I, I know iPad is part of iOS, but still, <clears throat> how can you make good gameplay with that? Especially like, I don't know. It's just it, it feel like fat fingering it would be such an issue. There's, it's just hard to control everything. Would it, would it really be that fun? fun. Yeah, I, I mean, you're asking the wrong. I like never play mobile games 
I, I like don't enjoy playing games on my phone. So obviously my answer would be no. No, you <laughs> you can't make good games on a phone. Or, or Battle Royales too. Like it doesn't make sense like how you could... Oh yeah, well that was that was a whole thing. Was it was it uh, Fortnite or PUBG or both, both of them? Yeah, yeah, but like people were like, oh, uh, like the the people on the PC are better. Like no blah, shit. Blah. Obviously, yeah, you're like playing this shooter on a fucking telephone. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but you know the one thing that is definitely going to happen is that this is going to be an excellent excellent business move for stardew valley which will now reach even more people than i mean already has. yeah i mean i get the business especially when you consider that china is like the biggest market in the world and like like an insane percentage of their of their gamers play mobile games so and so business from a business perspective I can see, yes, you know, even if you have to force it out there, because I, I, sometimes I feel like I feel like like Asian countries will will play anything on mobile, <laughs> no matter what. It just it feels like that, like just because it's on mobile and it's you know they can take it wherever, which I guess is probably the reason that you know like the Switch and uh, stuff like that are popular over there too, you know, because yeah. you can take it with you, but. Um, I don't know. From 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 a logical gaming perspective, I I don't like this this sort of thing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, t- t- to a certain extent, touchscreen controls just they just suck. I mean, they even suck in in like trying to type a fucking text <clears throat> message. But there 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 have been it's an few, imperfect technology. There have been a few digital controls that I've been like, oh, that's actually pretty good. Like uh, I've seen some at Magfest. There was a fighting game that did it pretty well. Uh, it was it was impressive because most of the time it's it's a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. but with this sort of thing, I just ugh. but you know what, concerned ape, um, congratulations. That's all I got. You uh, are much richer than I, and uh, so obviously you're right and I'm wrong uh, in that in that perspective. Doing something right. Ah. <laughs> uh. So yes, well done, uh, and if you are someone who feels less disparagingly towards mobile games than we do, uh, definitely do yourself a favor and pick up Stardew Valley if you do not own it yet. Uh, very excited for this next uh, this next little piece of news, uh, because it's something that I've been waiting for for some time, and that is it's finally time to earn the hardest Stanley Parable achievement. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the Stanley Parable, uh, you might know that its, hard, it's hardest achievement uh, is uh, entitled Go Outside. And it requires that you not play Stanley Parable for five years. So, uh, did you buy the game when it first came out? I did not. I still have about a year to go before I can I've earn a, my a achievement. Couple years. So, yeah, I played, I played in, um, actually, you know what, I, I may have played in early 2015, so I may even have, have a little longer Would you be go. surprised to see a surge? Like, I, I don't, if you could see the numbers, would you be surprised to see a surge in, in, uh, active players on Stanley Parable after the five years is up? Uh, 
Not necessarily, honestly, because um, I think that if people get the people are if people were planning on the achievement, then they'll obviously they'll fire up the game again to earn the achievement. I assume you have to fire up the game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, maybe some people will be reminded of the game. And I know I know that once <laughs> I've earned that achievement, I do intend to go back and 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 play the Stanley Parable Did again. You, do you have really all the other achievements? That's a great question. I don't remember because it's there been is, so long. There is one achievement called This Achievement's Impossible or something like that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, probably probably not then. Um, let's see. I have my, my Steam account open right here. Which, I if can... that's true, that would be actually be the hardest one. <clears throat> Although I feel like that might be... Is there, there's a, no, no, I don't think it's that achievement, because there's an achievement for trying to jump constantly, because I never program jump into the game. I got that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, view all achievements. I have, I know, I have quite a few, I have quite a few achievements left to, uh, obtain. Unachievable is the impossible achievement, go outside. So, Speed run. Oh, interesting. I haven't completed the speed run yet. I should probably do that. Now you're tempted to, to boot, boot it back up. <laughs> I also need to uh, need to earn the commitment achievement, which requires you to play the Stanley Parable for the entire duration of a Tuesday. Specifically a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of very mysterious ones here. So there's uh, achievements. Which the description is this is an achievement, <coughs> and then there's there's one that's text is all just a bunch of eights. So I don't know that um that guy that guy whose name I can't remember right now. He's a he's a real a real weirdo, a real card. Well, it has been William Pugh. William Pugh is that is that his name? He's one of the people that made this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He now he now does crows, crows, crows. No, it's the, it's the other guy that I was thinking of. Um, I, but they're both weird guys. Um, if you want to, yes. if you want to get a little bit of a fix, we talked about this game a while ago on the show for free fun because it's a free game. <laughs> but if you want to get a Stanley Parable fix without booting up Stanley Parable, check out Doctor Langisklov, uh in the in the Tiger Doctor. Something about a tiger. Dr. Langoskov and something about a tiger, if it was the full title. Is. But it's by Crows, 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 and it is free. Uh, it's really good. Check it out. I will definitely check that out. I have it in my library. So it, uh, Dr. Langoskov, the tiger, and the terribly cursed emerald? That's it. Yeah. Nice. Get that, nice. Get that downloaded. It's free. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, congratulations, Stanley Parable, for uh, achieving your... Fifth year since since your release, five year anniversary. Uh, we knew you could do it, <laughs> and now we can all earn the achievement. I forgot the party, like the party blowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful little game. I uh, I I was not expecting it at all. I had not. I had not had it explained to me, or I had not done, you know, a huge amount of research on it when I played it, and it was, uh, it's a really good, uh, good thing. Cause the, it, uh, the humor is what kept me going in that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so funny, and it's, and it's so clever. I uh, love that, I love the narrator guy, I forget his name, but, uh, 
He's incredible. Yeah. He sells the, the the whole the whole experience. Like I, I, uh, I I'll never be able to do his voice, but I that's the inspiration for it. Like you know those videos I do with the um, where I read like the written by a bot scripts. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the inspiration for that narrator voice I do in those. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. Beautiful thing. So yeah, that was last week actually that Stanley Parable enjoyed its uh, <laughs> fifth anniversary. So happy happy anniversary, Stanley Parable. Uh, the last piece of news that we have here to talk about today is a little game called Skin Deep, which has been announced by Blendo Games, who you might know uh, from uh, what, 30 Flights of Lovin' and uh, Quadrilateral Cowboy. I think yes. a, couple, a couple of other titles as well. Weird shit. <laughs> yeah, they're very strange shit, but um, yeah, I definitely, if you haven't played 30 Flights of Lovin', uh, go play it immediately. It's free, and it's it's really something, and it'll, it, I think it takes less than half an hour to play through the whole game. Um, it's, uh, it's the, um, what do you say, the forefather, I guess you'd say, of, like, Virginia and Paratopic, that sort of, uh, jump cut approach to game progression. Uh, it's really cool stuff, and Blendo is doing a immersive, non-linear FPS game, which is supposedly inspired by, uh, uh, Die Hard and Far Cry. <laughs> uh, and so basically the story is that you play as a deep frozen security person of some sort, mercenary type who uh, is tasked with a company. Basically you are frozen and you are shipped along with valuable merchandise. And when the merchandise comes up under threat, you are automatically thawed out and you have to go eliminate a threat and so uh as, as far as i understand it the idea is that uh such a such an occurrence goes down uh, aboard uh, a space station or spaceship of some kind and you basically have to sneak around the environment taking out these uh these space pirates or or uh something similar do you, do you get to fight professor snape eventually it's entirely possible who knows? But uh, one thing that you do get to do definitely is that you get to like jump up uh, and pull all sorts of like humorous uh, stealth action movie stunts, like jumping up and like supporting yourself by like pressing your hands and feet against two walls right. and uh, stuff like that. So, and uh, the other really interesting thing is that apparently there is a very um, you, you, your character has a, a, a tendency to sneeze. Um, <laughs> what? periodically, which can blow your cover. Uh, just because. Yeah, so just watching through the, the trailer is pretty cool. I uh, definitely recommend it. There's a lot of interesting uh, stuff that is hinted at, including a, a very impressive scene where somebody, where, where, where you like sneak up on somebody who's like standing on an observation deck and you shoot the window in front of them and they get sucked out into, <laughs> into space. Uh it looks like it's going to be awesome, and and since Blendo is so uh, idiosyncratic, so odd, uh, it'll be really interesting to see their their take on like a stealth action game, sort of open world stealth action game. So like <clears throat> even though they even though they are strange, it, you you think it'll be a, like a legit like a legit stealth action FPS? Based not, on not not some bullshit like you know like like prank game like like goat simulator or something like that 
Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I do think Blendo has a has a unique sense of humor, but I, I get the sense that they uh, they take their development and design fairly seriously. So, so it's not going to be like. It's not gonna be like, haha! It's funny because it's glitchy and dumb and fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I it's think like, it's gonna be. We just put our humor into an actual game. That's exactly. I mean, I mean, when you drop a name, I mean, to me at least, when you drop a name like Far Cry Two, you're promising a certain level of uh, like genuinely brutal, like stealth combat gameplay. Um, you know, in many ways, I feel like Far Cry Two is like the. <laughs> it, there's a right. It's it's the less stupid version, right? Because like after Far Cry Two, you started getting Far Cry Three and Far Cry Four, and I no, love Far Cry Three. Work. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> uh, you know, but but it definitely you know was a shift in tone for the series from a a a more hardcore uh, sort of open world shooter so, in the vein of Stalker to to something a little more accessible. I, think. I couldn't play, I couldn't finish Far Cry Two because of how buggy it was. That was my problem. With uh, see, I, I, I think I had the benefit of not playing Far Cry 2 until probably four or three or four years after it came out. So. Oh, yeah. Well, same. I, I had played it uh, 2012, 13, something like that, uh, which was a little bit after it came out, but it was it was so buggy when I played it. Oh, that's uh, wild. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it, I, I played it on the on the 360, and I, I didn't have any issues. So. Yeah, so did I. Uh, I, I, I. Of course, I also made it through Fallout New Vegas without encountering any uh, any any really problematic bugs, which ooh. is unheard of. Speaking of, it's kind of indie news, but uh, speaking of Fallout New Vegas, uh, the mod uh, New California has come out, which is basically like ooh. a whole new game. Ooh. that sort of thing um, supposed to be very good uh, so because modders are basically indie devs right so uh, well you started a riot about that game but you know what else we should start a riot for is it the dead bell yeah because that's next instead of starting a riot because <laughs> I forgot it's okay. It's only it's only it's only my segment, John. It's God. only my shining moment. <laughs> uh, but actually, today uh, I I I, uh, I I for once I don't feel like uh, just pontificating, and instead I wanted to to, to have a little chat because uh, it is Halloween. I feel, and, like, I feel uh, like I just got called to the principal office. <laughs> Let's just have a little chat. <laughs> Well, uh, originally the title for this was uh, "What Makes a Good Horror Game." Josh is forced to answer, <laughs> uh, but I decided to change it to "Discuss What Makes a Good Horror Game" uh, to be more friendly and uh, and uh, not threaten you quite well, so much. Would you like me to answer, and then you and then you uh, further the conversation with your? With yeah, your well, I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious uh, for you, like what what qualifies as as good horror in a game context? Well, good horror, ninety uh, percent audio. Um, I, really, to be honest with with horror games, it's it's, uh, and I see you have atmosphere written, and yeah. that's really the main part of it for me with horror is uh, because audio is such a huge part of it. Not even voice acting, just sound effects. You know, there's so oh, yeah. much that can be done with sound and music, and or lack thereof, really. 
um, that that can unsettle someone. Um, and then and then on top of that, the atmosphere. You, it, it's not even that it has to look good necessarily. It just has to make you feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And you know, people rely on like surprise jump scares a lot. Um, you know, which is not recommended that does not make a good horror game or a good scare it's just a surprise not a not a for, for a good horror game it has to dig into you make you uncomfortable and settle you disturb you in some ways sometimes uh it has to stick with you afterwards um you know we've talked about uh horror games before like amnesia and you know, there's the mechanics that made it a good horror game, like that the fact that you could not fight back. You were helpless against the monster, of course. But that's all part of the atmosphere, right? Because <clears throat> you feel helpless. It's all about how yeah. you feel during the game. Um, and really the scariest parts for me, and in any game, and I hate it, but it's it makes good horror, is when I have this feeling like... like but, This butt-clenching, like... Where it's right behind you, breathing down your neck, kind of feeling. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as much as I hate it, that makes it makes good horror. It's the same thing that Outlast did to me, Amnesia did it to me. Games like that you could fight back in did that to me. With um, uh, Dead Space, did that to, to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, before yeah. you learned all the, before you played through it however many times and learned where they actually come out of. But you know, when you're walking by and all of a sudden they rise up behind you without you really realizing it and you're like, oh, shit, you know. Right. That sort of thing. Uh, that's what makes good horror game is is feeling. It's all about I it. agree. I agree. Because I, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, myself the other day and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, something I always, I, I bring it bring it up frequently when I, when I talk about this is that, like, uh, you know, it's, I, I love games like Alien Isolation, Outlast, Amnesia, uh, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, where there are threats that, that have to be confronted in some way or another. Um, but the earliest, like, games that really, like, introduced me to, to horror gaming proper, interestingly enough, were, like, point-and-click adventure games. Same. They were, like, a handful out there. Um, like point and click adventures from from early on were really good at, at developing atmosphere. Like Mist was notable for its atmosphere, and games started taking that. Well, Mist had... Mist isn't a horror game, but you mentioned that, and that actually, and I was younger when it came out, obviously, but that I remember that game making me feel uncomfortable. Oh yeah, because it's, it, it's so unsettling. <laughs> it's unsettling how because you feel so alone. Yeah, it's, it's in, in such an alien place. So. It, it, Interesting that you mentioned that since it's not a horror game and yet it makes you feel absolutely like the audio is a big a big part of that too. I love the soundtrack <clears> of <throat> the original Mist, and a lot of it is these uh, these really sort of harsh, like mechanical sounding tracks that that have these uh, uh, again these sort of mysterious and eerie melodies, and and it it blends with the visuals and. There were. It's funny because there were games that sort of took this and tried to run with it, and and uh, notably like the Seventh Guest, I think was the first one, but but it fell flat because a it was like kind of too cheesy a little bit, and b it was it was just sort of window dressing on like a puzzle game, and not like not like a good puzzle game. It was the kind of puzzle game where they just say, okay, 
you're in a haunted house, but here's a sliding tile puzzle. Now complete the picture. Or like now you have to play a tic-tac-toe game against well, the computers. <clears throat> the interesting thing, though, is that you, as you're describing that, I'm like, that's that's Resident Evil, which is like the, yeah. you know, is the go-to game when you talk about OG horror games. And I mean, that was actually, now you mentioned that, now that I mentioned that, that's actually, I played that before even the point-and-click adventure games I used to play. Um, that were horror, and that scared the shit out of me. Like, I had nightmares because of that game. Um, you know, albeit I was, what, nine or something like that, and, and, uh, and that has all these things that we're complaining about, like, you're talking about the stupid sliding puzzles, and and then jump scares, too. Like, I remember one of the scariest fucking things was when those dogs jumped through the goddamn window, and... Well, that's, uh, that's something, too, I want to But you can set it up the right way. Right. Yeah, I mean, is it is it always bad to startle the player? Like, no, it's not always good for sure. Um, but you you mentioned before that that more than the jump, like the oh blah, I'm like really scared for like half a second. That what's creepier is the the like oh my god, it's right behind me, or this moment the the chill, the like slight tightening of your gut. So it doesn't it doesn't jump out at you. But examples I would I would think of there's one great example in Outlast where where um, you're in a room that has a bunch of cells in it right as you are for most of the game <laughs> and uh, you can go around and sort of try all the doors um, and and the doors have a, a window on them and then a handle and of course you have to interact with the handle to actually open the door and on one of the doors you like you know walk up to it and you look down and you rattle the handle. And when you look back up, there's a guy who's like staring out the window at you. It doesn't jump out. It doesn't make you shriek, but it 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 fires the flight fight response right. anyway. Right. <laughs> and and it it's it, you know it's really effective. Uh, other ones are like you turn around and you see like a monster like just like the back of it as it like rounds a corner and you're like Ugh. Yeah. or again like audio like you're saying like. Uh, games that use sort of spatialized audio that can make it. Uh, PT did this really fantastically, uh, where where they would like make you think that Lisa was like directly next to you because of oh, the man. way the stereo. Audio PT, you want to talk about the fucking the way to do horror, man? PT was it that had all the stops, man? It is. You know, and PT's funny, and we're gonna be talking about PT a lot today. Yeah. Um, because of, of the effect that it's had. It's it's uh, uh, definitely not an indie game, obviously. So Konami would have been a Konami yeah. title. Um, that makes me depressed. And yet has has influenced the indie horror scene. Well, I've seen, like, I've seen op-ed pieces that were basically saying that, you know, at this point, PT is probably the best horror game ever made and it wasn't even meant to be it was just a demo it just was... a demo <laughs> and it, it, it to to a certain extent i think that helped it out because what 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 you know everybody <clears throat> pt pt was so compact that it 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 took an entire it structured an, an entire game around a, what is a single moment in usually in horror games and it's the moment of oh my god what's around this corner and it puts you through that same moment again and again and again and it's so 
elegant. It hit. It hits every single thing between audio and atmosphere. It hits the 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 uh, the mental fucking uh, yeah. that horror games tend to do. It hits the uh, like you mentioned, just the the placement of 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 the ghost. In, in oh the, yeah. You know, it, rarely do you even come across it. Uh, and when you do, it's like fleeting glances or far yeah. away. You know, like the moment I saw that ghost up on a banister. Oh yeah. Like when you walk into that where the swinging chandelier is, and then you, you just look up. Look up. That was fucking terrifying. And it wasn't. It wasn't a jump scare. It was like one of those it's moments that exact where you. Thing. It was like you like you know it's there, and you just slowly turn your head. Uh, like, oh, you get fuck. the chill. Yeah, and then and then and then they disturb you with things like the baby in the fucking sink. Yeah, and and it was gross, but it didn't rely on its grossness to be disturbing. It was the the just the whole situation of you know why the baby you're getting the clues as to why the baby is there. The fact that it yeah. it was fucked up because it had that weird man's voice. It was yeah. in the sink. It was a fucking feed. The whole situation was messed up in it. Ugh, I don't know. The only me is me. Are you and, sure the only you is you? <laughs> Something. Rough. Yeah, that was such a drag. Uh, and and you listed jump scares is always bad to start with the player, but to kind of go with the jump scares as far as like that cliche of like bad horror choices ninety percent of the time yeah. is gore, because gore is a lot of times relied upon to be scary, quote quote, yeah. um, because it's disturbing and a lot of times it's not used right. You know, and and, and and these successful games that use these things like jump scares, like in Resident Evil. Or gore in uh, Outlast, maybe, uh, or you know the whole being helpless against the enemy type of thing, is that it becomes a cliche and then people don't use it the right way because they're just overusing it too much. Uh, you know, because gore at some point you have to use it in the right way to disturb someone because you're like this is fucked up situation. It's easy uh, for for gore to become just sort of part of the wallpaper too. Same um, thing in movies, honestly. Yeah, absolutely, and and like there's a fine line between like horror gore and cartoon gore, and <laughs> once you cross that line, there's no like that, no going like, back. Like the torture porn type shit. Like it's like what, yeah. it's not necessary. Now, now, um, one one game that I felt uh, really had this this issue uh, that we didn't. Uh, I don't think we did cover it here, um, but uh, was. Was it called Agony? I think um, it's like the game where you're a ghost trapped in hell. Yeah, it's yeah. Made we, by a few ex like Project Red guys. We we covered that game, and I still stand by. I still stand by the recommendation of it. However, they they did some things wrong. It could have been so much worse, and they it's did. It's a super cool game. Um, yeah, they did rely on. I mean, it's 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 hard to say because it's it's hell, right? And hell yeah. is a fucked up place, supposedly. So, but at the same time, I think they relied on that thought too much, as opposed to it being a game. Right. I mean, there's yeah. only. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, again, like with with that sort of thing, you just have to be careful. If if, if, if you're you're right. Okay, so it's hell. So it's scary. So there's gonna be like blood and guts and 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 disturbing shit happening everywhere. And like like in the trailer, like there was like a baby being sacrificed, right? Yeah. And that was disturbing because it's a baby being sacrificed. But then right. but then you go on and you're like, okay, there's like 
people twisted up in the walls and like okay right yeah whatever. and i mean past a certain point too i mean as i recall from from what i saw of the game i mean the baby said you know bad things happening to babies also become sort of like a dime a dozen so you know each time you, you <laughs> oh, use that another card dead baby. again <laughs> right well each time you use that card again it becomes easier and easier for the the, yeah. the participants you to sort of separate themselves from the fiction and and it's like uh yeah i can moderate this for myself um so you got to find ways to like subvert that and uh you know uh definitely uh yeah i uh, granted i haven't played agony so so uh you know my 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 criticisms are, are pretty superficial and uh, still interested in it so uh, mm -hmm. but it's just, definitely just an example of a game a another one is uh, evil within where the, the the level of gore is so extreme that it sort of just becomes background after a certain point yeah there was um so i this kind of goes into movies but so two two examples i i things i just recently watched during this halloween season uh is I would say good examples of two different things is I just watched the ritual on Netflix. Oh, um, did you like it? It was good. Um, it wasn't like amazing or anything like that, but one of the things I was most impressed with, uh, is, is the monster design because you're talking about the evil within and a lot of times the evil within is scary because they have some fucked up monsters in there. Um, and I, I tend to appreciate that like whole, um, what's that guy's name that creates some of that fucked up shit. Uh, that alien was like inspired yeah, by uh, 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 Giger, HR Giger, yeah, Geiger, 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 Geiger. Wait, you know what I'm talking about? Geiger. He made some fucked up shit, and and but in this in the ritual, the, there's a monster, essentially, that is really cool looking, um, and I wouldn't say I wasn't necessarily terrified by it. But the, 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 the amalgamation of the design was definitely disturbing. And I think yeah. that is, you can't rely on that to make a movie necessarily really scary, but um, you can do it the right way. And I actually, I might disagree in a little bit with The Evil Within. I think The Evil Within had problems gameplay-wise, not necessarily with the gore in it. I, I It did rely on that a little bit. It kind of hammered it in like trailers and things like that, so it kind of desensitize people ahead of time I think is the problem yeah. but I think in the game itself looking at it objectively I, I think it was alright in my opinion I, I should also make a, just a little disclaimer I I love Evil Within I played it twice um, I think it's great a great game uh, any any critique I have of, of the the rivers the literal rivers and sewers of blood <laughs> uh, is is strictly aesthetic and, and no reflection on the overall quality of the game but I, I think actually I might be in a, in a minority of people who really really liked that game the uh, the other one the other example of good horror um, because you you said dying is it necessary for fear so this kind of goes into that yeah. Um is I recently watched the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. It's supposed to be really good. Based loosely based on uh, the Haunting, the original Haunting, the black and white one. Um, it has a lot. Actually, uses a lot of the same characters, but in a different way. Like instead of like random people in a house, there it's a family um, with the same names and kind of same characteristics. But anyway, uh, there is death in the show, but that's not what's scary. Uh, it's 
the constant and there's disturbing imagery they do a really good job even as jump scares they set up well like they're they're not cheap jump scares they're good jump scares yeah. um you know there's things that you can nitpick and, and really the ending's not great to be honest but uh it's some people hated it more than i did as far as the ending goes but i would still recommend the show as a whole um anyway they the what makes that show scary is how people can uh, relate to this to the people in the show and to the yeah. family and to the things that are happening to them and it's a constant barrage of gritty dark depress depressing just events that happen throughout this thing and it's not even and not, not all of it has to do with the haunted house in this show right. you know it it's 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 all about that oppressive feeling that that makes this show spookier, scarier, uh, makes you just f- feel horror in some way. There was a, during the whole show, dread I think is a great word for for horror games because even though you're not terrified, even though you're not jumped, you're not jumping out of your skin or whatever, you're not shitting your pants. Dread becomes like the base of yeah. horror games well, it, movies whatever it's funny that you mentioned that because i was just i was just thinking last night as i was uh you know playing through some of the the material that we'll get to in just a moment uh but i was thinking about how like death like dying in a, in a video game i i don't think i'm the, the first person to say this either i think there's probably a gama sutra article somewhere or something where somebody that's probably thomas grip honestly it sounds like something he would say uh that that you should probably delay killing your player as long as you possibly can um because, because the anticipation <laughs> of it exactly once you do it then then you've blown your load then you're then you're done well then, no, there's a lot the of games thing has happened there's a lot of games too where once it gets to the point where you can die, I've seen it happen on YouTube Let's Plays. I've done it myself. Is like you're scared, you're scared, you're scared, and you're like, oh, just fucking kill me, kill me, and then it happens. You're like, oh, okay, that's that's what happens. Right. All right, let's just right. do it then. <laughs> I mean, it, in my opinion, uh, like Alien Isolation's strongest moments for me were definitely the the, the narrow escapes. They weren't the countless times that the alien killed me. And that and that <laughs> game relied on just straight up tension. The oh yeah. Entire time, like it was just constant. Like, when am I gonna die? It's not about how I'm gonna die. It's when I'm gonna die. Literally every single action in that game takes an uncomfortably fact, long amount of time to the carry The fact out. that you can it's, die during a save is fucked yeah. up. You know, the, the, like pull down three seconds yeah. is like the longest fucking three seconds. Yep. <laughs> that, and that was done well. The, ten, yeah, the, the, the tension in that game. It, I personally, for me personally, I thought it was too much. Like I To the point where I couldn't play the game. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... It's a common lament. It's a common lament. Like I, I, like I. It becomes stressful. I mean, I mean. Like I, I, I mentioned, like I hate the feeling. Issue. Well, I mentioned I hate the feeling of like things chasing you, and that like constantly have that feeling of something like just breathing down your neck. That yeah. is, that is, you might as well just rename Alien Isolation to "It's Breathing Down Your Neck," because <laughs> that's why. Like, and when I say I hate it, I'm not saying oh I hate it because it's scary. No, I legitimately hate it. 
Like, I hate that feeling to the point because it, it fucks with my anxiety so much yeah. to the point where I, I get, like, almost sick from it. So I couldn't even play through the whole game because I played a little bit. My friend had bought it, and I, I played it through them. I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do it. It's too much for for because it does not let up whatsoever. Oh, no. So yeah, no. So so yeah. I mean, uh, this is this is basically what I was hoping to to achieve here, which is just sort of a a mix and and uh, mishmash of, of sort of ideas of, of what makes a good horror game. And I saw that Vance. Um, Put forth the Trilby series by Yahtzee, which is which is very 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 good. Absolutely, uh, I, I appreciate that he's put it forth as a benchmark for talking about <laughs> the minimum requirements. For talking about <laughs> so might be a little extreme, but it's at least ceremonially a good thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, some some good stuff. Now let's. I I, I think we should probably. Uh, take some of this stuff we've been talking about and see what it looks like in uh, in practice in a riot in a riot yeah starting the riot or in riots let's start it start the riot huh? all right up first on starting the riot uh first let, let, let's just take a minute we talked about pt a little bit in the last uh segment and uh Tonight is going to be uh, talking uh, quite a bit about uh, the legacy, I think, of, of PT, which has, has shaped uh, the the last two years, I guess it's been, mm -hmm. of, uh, of horror, horror right. indie horror game design. Maybe even longer, Maybe three, actually. yeah, I think. Uh, three, maybe even four. It, was, it might have been 2014 that PT came out. Jeez. Uh, horrifying. Um, and... Uh, Infliction, Infliction is definitely a, a good example of a spawn of, of PT. It makes really no bones about its uh, uh, attempts to be like PT. <laughs> um, and so, uh, do you do you because well, I should point out that this this game is probably pretty obviously a horror walking simulator ish. Um, maybe with some light puzzles, but uh, would you say that between PT is PT a bigger influence on this kind of whole walking genre for horror games? This whole like this whole influx of them, or is it more of a gone home influence that has been kind of covered by PT? I mean, it's probably it's probably a little of both, but this one is definitely PT because there is a there is a ghost and she is basically Lisa. Yeah. She is she looks like Lisa. She acts like Lisa. Her killing animations are virtual reenactments of some of Lisa's, uh, plus some additional ones. Uh, her story is very similar to that of Lisa. <laughs> to that of Lisa. Um, what this game really brings to the table is, is a couple of things. First of all, it's some unique characterization. Uh, the, the, the characters are, are uh, pretty well explored. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a pretty honest, and, and I, would, I would say a pretty mature look into, uh, uh, you know, a disintegrating relationship, uh, and uh, especially how, how relationships uh, struggle with tragedy. Um, 
which is pretty cool and is not really explicitly present in. Uh, I, I actually think PT is probably a more nihilistic game than, <laughs> than Infliction. Uh, Infliction has a, a sort of vein of of humanism and optimism uh, running through it that the PT lacks. Um, and that, uh, well, you'll speak more later, but I, I think Visage also lacks that optimism. Mm -hmm. I think Visage follows in PT's nihilism a little bit more. Um, so, so yeah, uh, the other place, obviously, that Infliction obviously spreads its wings is it is it takes you out of out of a you know a corner of hallway and into an entire house that you you really develop a relationship with as the player. Uh, over the course of the game, uh, the house, uh, its basic ge you know, geography basically stays the same, but but its rooms uh, sort of change and, and it leads you to places beyond as well. Um, but the house constantly acts as this, uh, as this sort of hub world. And so you're able to become very familiar with it and orient yourself uh, in uh, in really interesting way. Um, and it's not only spatially, but you can also orient yourself within these sort of intersecting threads of story because of these objects, these these persons. First of all, there's a huge amount of like unique customized art in the game. Like the 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 layout of the house is not as full as it could be. It does struggle with some of the things we were talking about in our discussion of immersion last week, where you have some empty drawers and empty cabinets and stuff. Um, but it's arguably a lot more full than it has any right to be, uh, being such a small production as uh, I, would, I would venture Infliction was. There's a huge amount of character flavor. You get a real sense of the character through the shit that's just in his house. Uh, you know, he has like VHS tapes and magazines and, and they all are, are pretty meticulously and, and uniquely designed to, to give an impression of this guy and his relationship with his family and, and this and that. And that's really, really impressive. Um, again, as far as I can tell, this was like a team of like maybe five or six people total, uh, you know, working on this game. And and uh, so, well, you you because you mentioned it being like a whole lot uh, is a callback from PT. So yeah. a lot of times people get pissed off when they consider it being ripped off of PT. Uh, especially when they're big fans of the of, of PT or the, or the original game that's supposed to be ripped off of. Right. What about Infliction? Would you say is uh, separates itself? Yeah. So so you know it's funny you said. First of all, I'm not one of those people. I think that the project of PT is a valid one for other developers to pursue, and I, it's really cool to see especially, people's take on it. Especially considering that PT was a demo and not fully released since yeah. Silent Hills was canceled. And and remember, we we had talked about a while ago, which about a game that has since been canceled, unfortunately. Allison Hill, that yeah. was like the next PT. Basically, it was said that, and everyone was saying that, and and now these other developers are stepping into filler shoes. So, if you love PT so much, wouldn't you want more PT? You know, I, I mean, well, perhaps there's there's a larger philosophical discussion to be had about that because. Um, arguably, I would argue that PT does what PT does, and it is self-contained, and, and that it works that way. Even though it was a demo, a demonstration, it is a self-contained entity. It's a piece of art, uh, of entertainment art it, in and of itself. Uh, Infliction follows the formula, but it introduces a bunch of very interesting uh, little twists on it. And so, 
uh, I was playing last night, and I was uh, I was uh, going through Infliction, and I was like, oh, this is like going through this house, and I was like, oh, like this is incredibly obvious. I know everything that has happened, and yep, here we go. We're like making our way to the final secret room, and we open the door, and we discover, oh, what a surprise! I'm a murderer. That's the that's right. it. Spoiler alert. And then the game actually started, and I realized that that was really that that this this game was actually taking for granted that I knew what was coming. Um, that in fact it was only using that as a foundation point to lead me on a larger journey, and that's the point that it started throwing curveballs at me. Um, and I think I think that in order to get really what what differentiates this from from the PT model, you need to look at the way it uses its space because its project fundamentally is different than just uh you know the the what the looping corridor offered they're 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 trying to paint a much more of a portrait of a character's life and in order to do that over the course of the game they employ a couple of really really interesting story techniques that you don't see coming um there's a camera mechanic in the game that ends up becoming very crucial to locomotion in a very weird way huh. for for instance um, there is a side story about a cabin in the woods that is incredibly interesting and becomes incorporated into the larger uh, premise. Uh, and then there's an ending that uh, takes everything you think you understand about the story and undermines it in a really, really brutal way. You know, that's one of the that's one of the cool ways of that horror games, especially these walking sims, can can get you is just being able to uh like you mentioned like just being able to 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 recognize that they can't just be a haunted house yeah. you know like like a, like a, like a haunted house attraction um or they can't be uh another cliche in the genre even if it is you know done well the fact that they can take take basically take a cocky player and then kick him in the nuts yeah is what makes it what, what makes it done well in my opinion and we were talking earlier when we were talking about cyberpunk how you can take the same idea and present it in a unique way i mean think about you know in fine art like how many variations on on similar like oh like here's another fucking painting of aphrodite but it's like done by this other incredible artist who did it in a completely different way or you know whatever uh you can take the same formula and do it in, in an interesting way and like infliction comes out at the end i think having a very distinct personality now infliction's attention to detail by the way as i'm watching some gameplay here just remind me is that their intention to detail is also very Ooh, geez god sorry there were just some boobs on there like naked boobs and i do not want to get in trouble um <laughs> whoops <laughs> attention to detail Nobody uh, you pick up uh you pick up like things like the vhs's and, and, the, and the magazines and they're like fully fleshed out they're not just some oh, like yeah. latin like like stock latin text on the back or something like that it's art and fully designed covers with thought out you know the the descriptions and things like that are thought out oh yeah um i don't know it's uh, just well done there with are the, books to read that are all thematically compelling um there are letters strewn around the house there are notes scribbled on the backs of envelopes the, the whole environment feels incredibly lived in 
Um, you know, it's really, really, really impressive work uh, for that team. And having said that, I'm now going to say this. They they probably could have taken an, another couple of months to because there are there are some there's some some elements of polish that are missing that really really uh, they don't they don't I mean they don't hamstring the game they're just they're all the more noticeable because they're contrasted with otherwise very high quality and attention to detail uh, things like for example uh, the fact that that the um, inverted y-axis for the mouse mechanic is completely broken you can set it so that so that it moves in the right way for me at least but every time i would either a new level would load or i would go to the escape menu it would reset my my inverted uh mouse so uh that was like that was frustrating um other little things, little little silly things like uh, you know the subtitle, uh, you know uh, subtitle option has a, a a text box near it that says these subtitles will be available in the fully released version. Of course, I was playing the fully released version, and the right. subtitles were implemented. Um, and that might have something to do with um, they were trying to get it out for Halloween, maybe. You know, anyway, absolutely. I, and but, I, you know, I get it, but. The game would have been so. It could have, it could have stood perhaps one more. You, you should know. email them though. Make sure they know about that sort of stuff. I, I was actually email email Josh. Email is not how you improve game developers. You have to go on their Twitter and harass all their followers, or like go on YouTube videos of let's plays and and like call people dirty names. That's how you. That's how you contribute to the indie game. <laughs> Give me an- <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, overall, overall, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed the what three hours or so that I spent with um, maybe three or four hours I've spent with Infliction. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a really good so, game. Really, really solid horror. Since game. we're since we're talking about horror and scariness, did it scare you? It got me a couple of times. Yeah. In which yeah. ways? Um, in the good ways. Uh, the 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 ghost the, the ghost is not impeccably rendered. She's not Lisa. Lisa managed to continue to be scary even when you were looking at her. I'm not um, gonna lie, by the way, speaking of that, PT, that ghost from PT still haunts me to this day. You can when, literally be looking at a I, picture of her and she never stops I, being scary. Well at night, like when when it's dark out, I'll open like if I wanna walk to the convenience store nearby. I'll open the door and look down the stairs in the hallway in my apartment building. And because of how, like, the light is and, like, the dimness of it, I'm like, my first thought is, what if she's down there at the foot of those steps just looking up at me? Because that's, like, something that would happen in PT. And it's years later, I still think about that when I open that door. So, you know. Yeah, man. (laughs) And, 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 um, Sarah is the our ghost in infliction she's not she's not quite there but her some of her animations and the way her ai you know behaves it it really it is really unnerving and the sound the audio design is again it's like firmly in that like indie low budget category but they do a lot with what they uh with what they have mm-hmm. And then the last thing I will say is that there are a couple of scenes of, of, 
of uh, there's very surreal scenes of, of, of capital H horror, I guess. <laughs> hey, um, they're they're pretty effectively chilling, and the, the you know the whole thing manages, especially playing it late at night with uh, with you know all the lights off and everything. It, you know, definitely definitely unnerved me. I I, I strongly recommend it um, for sure for what it is. Now, if you if you have a low tolerance for for uh, you know that the micro budget indie aesthetic, and you know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. If you have a low tolerance for that. You might not get as much out of it as as, as I did, uh, but it's still still worth a look. All right. Well, speaking of things that are worth a look, <laughs> I think it's worth a look at the Peep Show. Please give all your attention to early access. <laughs> This week on Peep Show, we're talking about another game heavily inspired by PT, and I believe once again that they've uh, mentioned as such uh, in their in their various promotions or on their website and things like that. This game is called Visage. Um, Visage is uh, again early access. So first of all, this is actually a game that's broken down into uh, chapters. Would you say it almost actually kind of reminds me of um, What Remains of Edith Finch? It does uh, how, yeah. that, how that plays, except horror edition, because yeah. you're you're going through um, multiple multiple people's deaths. Um, in the early access version, you only have one death to play. However, it does take a few hours to get through, which tells me that this game's actually going to be fairly long, because yeah. I think I've, there's a, like at least five or something like that. I think that that you go through. Um, but you're playing through these multiple people's deaths and learning about uh, what happened to them. So in this particular uh, death that you're playing as, uh, it's about a little girl. Um, and I will say that if you play this game, there is some disturbing imagery outside of just the fact that it's horror. Uh, like, for instance, you wake up to be this guy who's shooting a family. Uh, without spoiling too much, and it, it gets kind of real. And you're like, oh god, Jesus, you know what I mean? Like that's oh, yeah, it's brutal. Uh, yeah, brutal this is the right word. Boy horror. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, brutal is the right word. So just beware, forewarned. Uh, if you're sensitive to that sort of thing, don't play it. Um, that said, very scary. <clears throat> um, this game is in, uh, similar to the last one where you know you're walking around this. Not necessarily a, I mean, yeah, haunted house basically. Um, but I think I mentioned with when we were talking about during a new news injection about like the haunting of Hill House, where this game has like an, it's just a constant oppression to it. Um, oh, yeah. And there is a threat of death in this game, which I think is really what makes it a game rather than uh, a complete, you know, haunted house attraction. Is that there? There should be a, a threat of some sort, outside of just a boo. Um, but for the most part, you're going through this, and there's a lot of like f just disturbing, uh, 
not necessarily disturbing imagery as much, except for the beginning, but not necessarily as much disturbing imagery as there is just the thought of the situation. Like, this is messed up. This whole... There's something wrong with this place. Uh, there's something wrong with me. Um, that sort of thing. They, uh, with it being early access, I will say, I will warn you that, first of all, even in this chapter, there's a few things that are not available. There's, like, rooms that will just say, this is not available in the early access version or whatever. Um, so you should know that. There's also some weird bugginess with uh, lighting. It kind of has, has an amnesia mechanic, because you mentioned, like, empty drawers. But we, we talked about it, I think, last week, about how that can work when used in the right way. So, yeah. like, with amnesia, you're opening drawers, but you're under the constant threat uh, of something killing you. Um, you know, do you, do you chance it, or do you let the empty drawer go, even though it might have something useful? In this case, there's not a whole as much useful stuff in the drawers. You can find things like uh, candles or whatever that you can use to, to light your way. Um, but the, really, I think the threat is is that it has that sanity meter, kind of like how Amnesia has, where if you are in the dark, it affects your sanity. And when your sanity goes full, full to shit, uh, that's when it goes to tax, and that's when you die. Yeah. Um, so you have to keep your sanity up. That said, it, it does actually say in the beginning of this game that it is a challenging game. Sometimes, though, I think that the lighting is so almost ineffective <laughs> uh, that to the point where um, you're, you know, you're losing sanity. You're like, I, I have a candle out, though, and it constantly blows out. Because the more sand, the more sand you've lost, the more paranormal events happen, and that includes things like your candle blowing out. Um, in which case, and then it just kind of builds on that. You're like, well, my candle's out, so I gotta my sanity's going down. What do you want me to do? Um, it's not impossible to get through. Definitely not. But it's it's. I'm not done it yet. It's kicking my ass. There's some it's, there's some balancing. I think game. there's some balancing. <laughs> I think to be had. Um, there is. Uh, the how they do a good job like the house is designed and playing through it and looking back uh, it, the house is designed well and it's very strange because it almost feels non-euclidean where you know it, it feels like the house shouldn't be laid out the way it is yeah and it is to be honest it is a weird layout for a house but the way, it, because it's not, it feels not unclean, it feels like, it feels like things are intersecting where they shouldn't be, almost. Uh, but it, I don't think it is that way. So as I understand it, um, based on sort of reading the, the, the stuff around the game, um, I don't think it, it's implemented yet, but I get the impression that the house is supposed to change layout around you, not unlike layers of fear. Jeez. Um, I... I have not it's seen the house. It's definitely designed to look, to feel really weird, though. You're absolutely yeah. right. It, it's it's not the house. The house doesn't change, but it, it definitely is weird. Uh, like one example is when you go into the little girl's bedroom. There's a there's a walk-in closet that connects to the parents' bedroom. Like it goes through, and it's very strange. Uh, like who has that really? Like one of those walk-in closets. There's like a basement that is like multi-level it feels like almost but it's not i it's just I, it's very weird and they have like this weird dark souls-esque 
uh, shortcut system throughout the house. So you have to like, you go through one way and then you'll get a key or unblock a door uh, and it'll you know unlock like a shortcut back to some other rooms that you're already in. Because yeah. um, there's a lot of backtracking through this game. There is a, there is at a point uh, where you're, it takes you out of the house and into this uh, very, you mentioned surrealness in the other game, it's a very surreal dreamscape almost, where you're kind of going back and, and getting what's happening to this girl, like this, this uh, story aspect to it, um, where you're in this like, it takes you out into this like weird forest and this treehouse, it's definitely not like part of the house that you're in, that you're exploring. Um, it's it's more mental than anything, but um, for the most part, you're in this house, and just they they do a good job of just making you feel oppressed and off the whole time. Um, you talk about atmosphere, and of course, it's a very dark game because that's part of the main mechanic. But it's it, a lot of it has to do with tight corners, and uh, they do a good job of making you wonder what's behind that thing over there. Uh, you hear sounds constantly. You're not sure if it's a, a thing that you should be worried about or if it's just atmosphere. Um, they, they, they put a lot of thought into the design of this game. Yeah. And uh, I think once Early Access is over, uh, where they've done some balancing and they've fixed some of the, they polished some of the, the bugs in it, because this game does look beautiful and for the most part plays well. Um, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be great as long as they take their time and actually polish it. It's hard to hard to overstate that as well. What you just said. I mean, the game is is stunningly gorgeous. It's, it's photorealistic, beautiful. basically. Yeah. Um, and and again, that's part of the I think the PT aesthetic that they were going for, because yeah. PT was also photorealistic. It was very very nice looking. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's uh there's also some collectibles in this game if you're into that sort of thing. Um, they're very hard to find, but there's things that you can that you can collect. Uh, I think you saw earlier in the gameplay that there was like a Russian nesting doll uh, that kind of disappeared, and I think that's like I'm not sure what that will do for you in the full game because as far as I can tell in the in the demo or in this early access game, um, it's not that way. But uh, I don't know. Maybe you're into that sort of thing. We'll see what happens with it. <laughs> um, also, we talked about horror and jump scares. The only jump scare really is is your death in this yeah. game. Um, that's that's really the only jump scare that I can think of. And it, even though the jump scare, the jump scare itself isn't what's scary. It's the anticipation of the jump scare because your your sanity is going down and you start to hear it. You hear it and you know, like, okay, shit, when's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? And uh, it's it's like that. It's basically you're just waiting for ketchup to come out of a glass bottle. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. like, come on, come on, just do it already. But at the same time, you're still trying to live. Um, so they do a good job with that. And uh, we talked about gore earlier. There's there is some gore in this game towards the end. I don't I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but they they do it because of the story, because of uh, everything that you've gone through. The gore is. Is tasteful the right word? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I, I don't know if tasteful is the right word, but it, it, it's, it's not gratuitous. Yeah, it's 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 done well. You're like it, it's one of those situations where you're like Jesus Christ at the end of it. Uh, you oh you mentioned a camera, and I'm, I'm seeing it on the gameplay now, in uh, in the in the other game. Uh, 
they use a camera mechanic in this as well, and uh, it reveals uh, way like it, first of all it helps because you know you can see in the dark, but it's, it's it's terrifying because you can't see and then it's like flash like a strobe light, you know, and it, it, it's just like what's going to be there, and they they do that mechanic where sometimes something will pop up in the flash and then it won't be there in the next flash. Um, but it's also used to reveal like uh, pathways to get to the next story point, I guess you could say, uh, as it's showing in the, in the gameplay here, um, where it's showing like the drawing on a wall and it's kind of like leading the player somewhere. And it's also showing like, oh, there's a demon involved and that sort of thing uh, with this girl. And it, 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 it's something about cameras and, and probably why Fatal Frame is so beloved in the horror industry is just something about cameras that just really fuck with you. Yeah. Uh, you're about to get a, a little spookage right here in the gameplay as well. Uh, that's the that's the little. There are actually two ghosts in this, and that's not that's not a that's not a spoiler because that's that's told pretty much from the beginning that there's a girl and then there's something else with the girl. So there are two ghosts in this game. Um, and they're both equally scary, I shall say. Uh, I'm not trying to think of if there's anything else I can say without it spoiling anything major. Uh, as much as you were able to play, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I think that uh, while uh, it is a similar game to Infliction, I think it's a more sophisticated in its design. Um, I really, really liked the aspects of it that reminded me of Amnesia. Uh, the, the the various play with the light sources, the sanity mechanic was really cool. Um, the for me, the little girl has been incredibly aggressive and she, like like really, really, really fucking aggressive. And the sanity loss has been really aggressive too. I think you you mentioned that. The, well, the farther um, the farther you get into the game, the the less light sources you even have available to you yeah. like there's there's a point where they literally they literally because you can turn on like light switches and fix light bulbs there's a point in a game which honestly i don't i think they should if they're if they're going to do this in the game they should just take out the the mechanic of fixing light bulbs because you can't use them at a certain point because they literally take out all the light switches yeah, that's 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 rough. I mean, it's not fucking around. It's it's definitely a bad motherfucker of a horror game, um, but I I like that about it. And and uh, as as much as moments of infliction managed to get under my skin, Visage has managed to keep that level of tension basically constant. Um, again, you know, excellent sound design, thoughtful house design, all these things that you said, they really come together. Um, to, to form a, a very sophisticated vision. So I'm super excited to, to have this game and, and, and to see where it's going after uh, after early access. I'll be finishing it this evening. So The full game is definitely exciting. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what that has in store. Yeah. Uh, well, on a slightly different uh, note, <laughs> see what I did there, note? Uh, there's a game we got coming up. We're not doing going mobile this time uh, because uh, it's hard to find a good horror mobile game. There are a couple, but it's hard to find them. So we're doing uh, another free fun game. So we got free fun coming up next. This week on Free Fun Again, uh, we're talking about a very interesting game 
Uh, I'm not sure how serious to take it, but it's fun nonetheless. It is called Werewolf House Synth Incisor. See what they did there? Synth Incisor? Not Synthesizer? Because of teeth. Get it? Yep. So this is actually going to be uh, a little weird. It's going to look off because there's no gameplay on YouTube. So I'm at, And because it's such a short game and there's music involved, I'm actually going to turn off uh, the music I have going on in the background here. Uh, what I'm going to do is actually play this game uh, live on stream. And it's going to be a little weird because it's not going to be centered or anything, but that's how it's going to go. <laughs> so, Werewolf House Synthesizer. Uh, Ian's going to help me. It's it's faux multiple choice. It's it's not really as he pointed out in between segments, but it's uh, he can tell me what to do first. Sorry, guys. So, here we go. Uh, Hate to that. kill your dreams of a truly choice-driven werewolf house synthesizer experience. See if I can. So, I'm looking at your screen, but I'm on a pretty severe lag, I right. believe. It's actually a little bit. People need to hear this. Let's see if I can. Can I, can I move it over? Oh, it's like, let me take it off of studio mode so I can. Whoops. Hold on. Movie magic, guys. Movie hey, magic. This is live. Fuck it. We're doing it live, right? Uh, you, shit, I think it should be alright, I'll read it, people, all that really matters is the, is the sound, to be honest, no camera tricks here, here we go, ready, damn it, do what I say, begin werewolf health synthesizer, it's a dark and cloudy Halloween night, the almost full moon illuminates the eerie forest path ahead of you, the hairs on your neck stand up as you hear the wind howl through the trees, at least, you hope it's the wind howling. You are, of course, a world-famous EDM DJ, <laughs> and you are the w- <laughs> and you are on your way to play an absolute slapper of a set of at a mysterious forest rave. <laughs> the f- the forest mist is so thick you can hardly see the huge vape clouds that you are making in front of you. <laughs> this game is basically about Ian. <laughs> It's almost as if God himself is is doing chunky rips all over this terrifying forest. The atmosphere is extremely chilly. Normally, you love chilling, but not like this. Not like this. (laughs) I can't take this seriously. It's amazing. You take a nervous toot off your (laughs) e-cig and take... And take a few steps forward when suddenly... Something comes into view. <laughs> there was a little st- musical sting there. The fog parts, and you see an expertly drawn house in front of you. <laughs> Why, it's the werewolf house, of course. How could you not know that? Jesus Christ, I mean, look at it. How can you not tell what it is? You messed up so bad clicking on this. You feel a shiver crawl up your spine, and a tingle in an in unmentionable places when you remember that this house is infamous on the web for being absolutely haunted silly by nature's vampire the werewolf (laughs) the night just took a turn for for the scary they often say that the greatest evil is the heart of man is in the heart of man but second place is definitely the werewolf house 
It's got bats in it. And now you have to play a show there. Anyway, even though it's scary, you still are excited to debut your new spooky beat, which whips a large amount of ass. You smile and walk toward the house, thinking about your bet, thinking about your beat when suddenly you feel a strange energy. Blammo! Out of nowhere, your ass is fried with lightning. It hurts, and you are on fire. <laughs> Turns out not only is God living that vape life, <laughs> he also hates he also hates you and decided to lightning you. Probably for all the sins you do all the time. Sorry. You dust yourself off and realize, oh no, your precious certified slapper of a beat has been blasted to goddamn smithereens. Extremely exploded. <laughs> and unfortunately, you may have to, you may have to have an unforgettable we we be deserving interactive adventure in the werewolf house in an attempt to create a new beat before the moon is full. The rave starts when the moon is full. Of course, you already know that, so why would I have to explain that earlier? This is fine storytelling. Just fine. So just to reiterate, you have, journey, you have to journey inside to assemble a hot new beat before the moon is full, and you'll like it. Last chance, asshole. Ready to enter the werewolf house, or are you gonna run away like a coward baby? That's up to we you. Gotta ent- we gotta enter it, man. Right. We gotta go. We gotta go in. We gotta play a show. Here we go. You vape milky clouds. <laughs> wow, you really made it. The front door of the damn werewolf house. You have no idea the amount of brain power it took to even get here, but you know it was downright heroic and probably worthy of, the, of at least a Spike TV video game award to create this experience. Truly, man, this is the greatest computer of all time. You get an uneasy feeling in the pit of your incredibly toned six-pack stomach, but there's no turning back now. Enter the werewolf house. This is definitely about Ian. <laughs> <coughs> okay, you're in the damn main room. Damn. <laughs> That's not in there. One of the best parts about this main room is the amount of options. Each one sounds equally fun to do, which is astounding because truly all of them are so cool. What do you want to do? Go up the scary stairs? Explore the ominous room on this floor? Go down into the basement if you know what I mean. Let's start on this floor. We're already here. Alright. You enter the room and see only a single computer illuminating the otherwise empty space. You cautiously approach to see the computer is logged on to Fear.com, the haunted website from the 2002 <laughs> film Fear.com. Shit! You got- I'd just like to take a moment before you press the continue button and point out that the website from the 2002 film Fear.com was actually Fear.com.com. <laughs> you can confirm that on Wikipedia. It's, it's, swear to God, it's true. <laughs> I would assume Fear.com was already taken, actually. Uh, you got to figure out a way to not be haunted by the scary webpage. You'd eat at least 100 crystal skulls to not be haunted by me. (laughs) The haunted website says, But each crystal skull must be collected by opening moon crates, and each moon crate costs 10 fun bucks, which cost $8.99 American each. 
Oh, hell yeah. Microtransactions, you think? This kicks ass, but unfortunately, the lightning that exploded by my beat also burned up my chain wallet. <laughs> Maybe you can think of a different way to get out of this web pickle. I agree with Vance. Ha ha ha. That you think you can outsmart me? Sounds like a thing a hauntable person would say, says the scary website. If you are a real deal hackster, you will be able to pass my test. Ha ha ha. I am laughing badly thinking about you failing. Do you think you could pass? Here it is. I am not a robot. Hmm. I think I may have done the trick. Robots kick ass. You have failed, the computer says. Whoops. Just kidding, you f Just kidding, you failed. Sorry. I messed up earlier when I said that did the trick. Test number two. Can you click on all the pictures that have stop signs in them and also feature a handsome computer? That's all of them, by the way. Oh, wow, that's nice. Oh, that's him. Oh, wow, that's nice of you. Thank you for thinking I'm handsome. Stumped. Notice that I said to click on the pictures, not the checkbox. Ha ha ha. I did this as a brain challenge and not because I'm bad at AI coding. Ha ha ha. You figured it out. Good job. Not sarcastic. Okay, that was fairly nice. I appreciate the compliment. It does get a little lonely down here sometimes if I'm being totally honest. The frightful machine says. I'm from 2002, so people don't use me all that often. My, fr my firmware hasn't been updated in a while. As the scary computer opens up about its feelings, suddenly it gets inundated with pop-ups. Sensuality online. Pills I found. Naked anime, naked anime games for free. Heaven is, is for real on DVD now. The true story of a boy named Colton Burpo who went to heaven and played GameCube with Jesus. Ah, I do not like this, says the computer. You try closing a few, but it doesn't seem to be helping. The computer is getting kind of warm. I think this is overloading its... It's ghostly CPU, but I'm no expert on stuff like this. This may be your chance to fight back. Now that he's distracted, hack his ass. Mash on your keyboard to do some truly Neo-level hacking. Oh wait, I gotta, there we go. <laughs> it worked! The computer is officially hacked. I literally just mashed on the keyboard, by the way. Just did that. And now, you hear another beat. Hooray! The computer is just a normal computer again and not haunted. Now you can go to all your favorite disgusting fringe pornography sites. You have bested me. Perhaps you are truly a formidable foe, it says. You seem pretty cool. Maybe we can grab a beer sometime. Yeah, maybe sometime, you say. But you both know it'll never really happen. <laughs> All this action has caused the computer to overheat and smoke comes out of it. So that's sort of sad. But the modem makes a cool noise though for your beat. So that's fairly cool. Okay, you're in the damn main room. One of the best parts about this main room is the amount of options, etc, etc. It's the same thing as that other screen. So do you want to go up the stairs or down into the basement, if you know what I mean? Let's go upstairs, why not? Here we go. 
You reach the top of the stairs to see a door on your right, and on your left is a set of stairs leading to the attic. If you think the doors are scary, wait till you see the inside. You'll be wetting the jockstrap the government requires all DJs to wear by law. <laughs> Which do you want to go in? I think I'll go up into the scary attic, please, or I would like to be trapped in a scary bedroom. Mm. Well, I'm all about being trapped in a scary bedroom, so let's do that. Here we go. You enter the room only be face-to-face face face with the most beautiful werewolf you've ever seen in all your days. The werewolf actually has a fantastic explanation for why it's a werewolf when it's not the full moon yet, but you are so stricken with the gorgeous sight in front of you, you can't even ask. The werewolf begins to speak. Hello, hot stuff, the werewolf says sultry. <laughs> I'm in the mood for... <laughs> I'm in the mood for love, so maybe you can answer my questions that I ask all of my potential hunks to see if we are compatible for bedroom stuff. Also, if you impress me, I might do some cool vocals on your beat. Okay, tight, you reply. Let the love questions begin. First question, sexually. How would you do it if, <laughs> if you could be the one to take me on an unforgettable... <laughs> unforgettable... I should point out, it's spelled U-N-F-U-R. Unforgettable date, please. Options are, sorry, this is embarrassing, but you made a typo. It should be unforgettable. Or, you know that nugget boy that got a bunch of retweets from Wendy's? Let's just say I know his stepdad might be able to arrange something. Or, can I borrow some cash from my tech startup? I want to make edible computers. <coughs> I think we should go with your gut and call out the typo. Alright. Great. Next question. Oh, Batty, that is an extremely sensual answer. Congratulations. <laughs> this is going well so far, and I am at a 6 out of 10 on the sexual scale. <laughs> question 2. We used to have American Ninja Warriors. Now we just have Social Justice Warriors. What the heck happened? I know. I'm shaking my, or I know, I'm shaking my damn head. Or, too true. This is the salmon ladder of life. Or three. Huh? <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> okay, fine. Let's do the next question. That question was a test. You failed miserably. I like that, says the werewolf. You just bumped me up to an 8.5 out of 10 horniness. A big fat congrats to you. I'm very close to being in love with you and wanting to be on your track. Final question. Werewolves, zombies, and Draculas are all examples of, examples of classic horror monsters that turn their victims into one of their own by biting them. Is this due to a lack of creativity to the, in the field of horror writing, or is there another reason for this overused horror framework? How dare you? Horror writers are a treasure and should be sent to King's Ransom of Rubies and Jewels. Or two. Yeah, but not sharks. Did you see the Meg? Or three. Have you thought, of, have you thought any more about the edible computer idea? Josh, as our as our local aficionado of giant shark movies, uh, is the Meg worth mentioning in this conversation? I I liked. I mean, I liked. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, let's do it. Let's right. do it. Cool. Let's calculate your answers. 
Okay, just calculating your answers here one second. Looks like you got Janet from the good place? God damn it, I think I used the wrong survey. Oh well, Janet is pretty funny, so that's enough for me to fall in love. Come here and give me a big stinky kiss. Okay, tight. <laughs> you plan you plan to snog the werewolf you what? You plan to snog the werewolf right on its wet werewolf mouth and nose. A woo! The werewolf lets out the most beautiful, melodious howl. One so beautiful it could only be powered by true love. Yes, this will certainly make a kick-ass addition to your beat. Now we're back in the main room. We'll go back up the stairs to the attic or down to the basement, if you know what I mean. Ah, uh, well, I guess we gotta go up to the attic. You climb the stairs only to see that the attic is pitch black. Let's get some <laughs> let's get some fucking light up in this room. Why is it so goddamn dark? That sucks. Yank the cord attached to the light bulb. You pop up <laughs> you pop on the light and the attic is completely empty except for a bright white clean skeleton in the corner. As everyone knows, skeletons are dirty are scary, but if they're clean, what? Skeletons that are dirty are scary. But if they're clean, they're funny. This is funny and not scary, you say out loud. Unfortunately, this causes the skeleton to get extremely pissed off. Time to fight. Great, you've gone and done it now. You've offended the skeleton. What a stupid move on your part. He begins to kick your ass with his bony feet and hands. It hurts your body and face badly. Pick a move to fight back. Shall we... High kick, little fist punch, headbutt, or give it a tender kiss on the forehead. Let's uh, let's undertale this bitch. Give it give it a tender tender kiss on the forehead. <laughs> All right. Your attack is extremely unaffected because you didn't hit the button right. Not sure how you did that, but here we are. The skeleton kicks you, and you lose a shitload of hit points. You are doing poorly. Here comes another attack. Maybe you can do a defensive move. Would you like to do a reversal, counterattack, parry, or start crying but pretend like you're not crying to look tough for your boys? Hmm. I think we should probably start crying but pretend we're not crying to look tough for our boys. Nope. The skeleton continues kicking your ass. Actually, it seems like he's kicking it even better now that he knows your fighting style. You know, because you attempted that counterattack. You have no choice but to do what you call a heavy attack. Would you like to ask him nicely to stop? Politely but firmly ask him to stop kicking your ass? Telekinesis? Or cry even harder and punch a wall because you have trouble uh, dealing with your emotions? Uh, switch it up. Let's go with telekinesis this time. The skeleton pauses for a moment after you begged him to stop. Maybe it worked? Nah. He was just charging up to shoot you with a fireball. But actually, it doesn't hurt too bad. Quick, while he's not attacking, you have time to bust out one of your special moves. What you gonna use? Aggressive vape, vape tricks? Kylie Jenner lip challenge? Osteoporosis? Or looking in the mirror and calling yourself a fucking idiot? You know the answer to this. We gotta do aggressive vape tricks. <laughs> <laughs> you could say something like, here comes a fucking compound fracture, if you were smart like me, 
but you're so dumb you say something like, uh, time to scalibrate. <laughs> you say you, you say your bad catchphrase and wind up with your attack, but the skeleton straight up shoots you with a gun. The bullet causes you to go falling down the stairs, ass over noggin. You land on the floor with a thud. The skeleton laughs a classic skeleton laugh where only his jaw goes up and down. The bad news is your pride is hurt, and also your brain hurts due to the internal bleeding. The good news is the sound of the skeleton kicking your ass combined with you falling down the stairs turns out to be one of the greatest drum beats you've ever heard. You've got another piece of your beat. The secondary good news is you will probably die soon from the hemorrhaging. Alright, down to the basement we go, if you know what I mean. Down in the dark, old basement, you see two equally scary rooms, which is frightening. But if they're anything like the rest of this werewolf house experience, they will also be very cool and buzzworthy, which is exciting. You do a big smile. What will you pick as your next thing? Go deeper into the basement, or go into the deep, dingy basement room? Mm, let's go into the dingy basement room first. Sitting on the floor in the middle of the room is a VR headset. Wow. Could this get even more interactive and fun, you think? And unfortunately, the answer is, yes, of course, dumbass. Pop that bad boy right on your greasy face. Whoa, you are now an incredibly immersive world. Before you, before you was a werewolf house so realistic, it almost feels like you were there. Plus, your hands are wolf hands, which is fine. You are oddly compelled to explore further. Why don't you go inside? This VR experience is incredible. It's like you actually are exploring the real-life werewolf house in reality, but virtually. The tables look good, actually. This world is yours to explore. The options are endless. You can truly do anything you want. Look to the left, or look to the right. Let's look to the right. God damn it. Whoops. Shit. Dang it. Ah, crap. Shoot. That's not good. Oh boy, yeah, you messed up. Not good at all. This is getting very bad. You should probably take off the headset now. You take off the headset as engulfed in nature's gamer fuel. Fire! You really fucked up extremely badly on this one. The good news is the fire sputtering out of the dying headset makes a pretty sick synth line for your beat. Alright, last one. We're going into deeper into the basement. You walk down a dank and dingy corridor only to come across a lab packed completely to the brim with science. It's so much science, you can't believe it, which is surprising because you have a master's in micro microbiology from Brown in addition to your homemade DJ credentials. You hear a big growl and from behind a piece of science comes Dr. Frankenstein's friend and co-worker, the monster. You're frozen with fear as the monster stomp towards you. His growls become almost deafening. The shading on his legs look really good. Your entire shitty life flashes before your eyes as Dr. Frankenstein's personal project, the monster, lurches forward, surely to do a huge punch on you. You, you look around, trying to find something to defend yourself with. Luckily, there are lots of fun ways of finding items just lying around the Frankenstein's monster's friend's lab. Click on stuff to add or remove it from your inventory. Level 5 elf boots plus 3 handsomeness. 
dab ring gives player the ability to do dab on on them with extreme prejudice. That's cool guy's ja that cool guy's jacket from Drive. Forget his name, but he was handsome and he killed people. Just a straight up gun. They've all been added to the inventory. You ready? You get ready to use all your items to fight him, but then wait. Flowers? Maybe Dr. Frankenstein's ultimate creation of the monster is a gentle giant after all. Unfortunately, due to your upbringing, you have a hard time accepting affection. <laughs> it, pains you to, it pains you to do so, but you have no choice but to respond the only way you know how. With violence. This is definitely Ian. <laughs> I, I appreciate also that Vance says he can... Uh by my choices, my uh, experience of adventure. <laughs> Guess I wear my wear my heart on my sleeve. You don't feel great about it, but you smash this that whole lab and all the science in it. The monster isn't even really mad. He's just shocked and wondering why you're destroying his home. Actually, just kidding. He is really mad too. The monster begins marching towards you, arms outstretched. What the heck is he doing? Who walks like that? That sucks. It's clear he wants revenge for the science equipment that you destroyed because basically that's his mom if you think about it. <laughs> What's the plan? I think I will run away please, or I will apologize for the damage I've done. My reaction is unfortunate but not surprising and I'm working on that part of myself. I think you should apologize. Actually, never mind. Whatever you were going to do is not really relevant anymore because the monster is on fire because of some chemicals you destroyed, probably. Dr. Frankenstein appears and says that you owe him $48 for the damage. Shit. That was how much you were going to get paid for this rave. Oh well. Luckily, the Frankenstein signature monster dying screams actually sound cool and are a great addition as the baseline for your beat. Looks like the... Looks like the moon is finally full. Just in time for your beat to be fully assembled and slapping at full torque. It sounds good. You like it. You hear wolves howling in the distance as a big old button comes out of the floor. You know what you have to do. Smash that button. I mean really. Give it a good wallop. Let's drop that damn brace. You drop the bass and and you before what you drop the bass and before you can say Skrillex featuring Diplo you are surrounded by a bunch of terrifying monsters not pictured are other monsters like mummies and pumpkin heads galore the monsters have transformed into werewolves because of the moon no time to explain how this works they want to rave now damn this is this party is going nuts the werewolves are all EDMing extremely hard they are extremely horny for dancing. I mean, your beat is good and all, but this seems like a little much. The energy in this room builds and you start to feel weird. Okay guys, let's try and tone it down a bit, come on. As the werewolf frenzy and the music gets crazier, you are becoming even more consumed with the strange feeling. It's extremely scary, but also you have to take a moment to check and confirm that, yes, you are having a huge amount of fun clicking around in this interactive experience. You look down at your hands and... What the heck? They are electricity. You are becoming pure dubstep energy. You guys, I'm serious. You need to cool it. 
Guys, I said. I said relax. As you are mesmerized by the monster jamborees in front of you, you realize that when you were struck by lightning, you weren't just hit by the lightning, you were bit by it. <laughs> and here in the werewolf house, we all know that anytime you get bit by a thing, you become it. No. Why would you need to have been established? Why would that need to have been established earlier? It's fine. Now that the moon is full, your transformation is complete. You have become pure energy. You are the werewolf house beat. The werewolves keep dancing, and then suddenly you are hit with the second twist, which is that a pure, as a pure energy form, you get sucked into the computer and are trapped in the internet. You flash back to all the cool shit you just did. All the lightning, fire, electronic dance music, raving, and computer stuff all over the house made this happen. It all comes together perfectly. Yes, it does. No, seriously, it does. You must now spend every full moon in this cursed online hell. As you zip your way around the net, you find a single solitary place of comfort. A small bit of happiness among all the hateful opinions and harassment and screeching Fortnite streams. Yes, of course it is. Werewolfhouse.com The only good thing on the internet. Your pure dubstep energy plus a sizable Squarespace fee powers WerewolfHouse.com and gives it life and funny jokes and lots of recognition and accolades from the internet community at large. You see Fear.com every once in a while and he's actually not so bad once you get to know him. You may be cursed to spend each full moon trapped in the online hell world, but at least you made it a slightly better place by giving life to its one good site. And hey, the retweets aren't bad either. <laughs> The werewolves let out one final meaty awoo at the moon and you realize that they are now your family. Perhaps they are the only ones that can understand. Or maybe we all can. For we all are trapped online in some way or another, are we not? Yes, we are. Scared? You are, but don't worry, friend. It was just some all Halloween fun. Just a fun and good game. Nothing like this could happen in real life, right? This was just an extremely accurate representation of Ian. The screen cracks and a werewolf hand comes out and scratches your face off and finally gives you death's sweet release. It was, it was me all along. I was the cyber wolf. That's what you get for asking too many questions. Sweet dreams, dipshit. The end. Hamlets by Indie Game Ride. The work of fucking art. Welcome, Dr. Brony. Glad you joined us there. So that was Werewolf House Synthesizers by Andy Thing. You can find it on Itch.io for free. And uh, that was the unusual free fun thing since we couldn't find gameplay. I did it myself, so, you know. Hooray. And there it is. So that was a really that was probably the longest free fun I've ever done because I read through the whole game. Hopefully that wasn't boring. Actually, I don't know. Oh, I was I was I was absolutely fixated. I'm still. I was having fun. <laughs> rippling with dubstep energy. That was a story all about Ian, as we've uh, established. Oh man! All right. Well, uh, hope you enjoyed free fun. Unfortunately, is now the end of the show. Uh, 
let us know in the comments below what hard games that you like. Uh, we're actually going to have a hard game probably for Peep Show next week because we, we had there were two Peep Shows I, I was going to put in that I wanted to put into this one, but uh, we can only do one. But the next one's so good that I think we're just going to do uh, another horror game next week for, for Peep Show. But uh, you shall be surprised if you haven't heard it yet. Anyway, if you want to, if you like what we do uh, and you want to help us out, you can do so by uh, here on Twitch. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us, especially if you have a Twitch Prime account or whatever that is. Uh, you get one free subscription that you can give to us. That, that's really helpful and appreciated. Or you can go to patreon.com slash Riot and, of course, uh, help us out that way. Uh, Non-financially, you can help us out by tweeting us things or sending emailing us things like news, games, people to talk to, that sort of stuff. Uh, our Twitter is at IDRPodcast. And, of course, uh, Facebook.com slash IDRPodcast. And uh, email is contact at IndieGameRot.com. You can also check us out on Discord. We, we want to keep growing the Discord uh, community, so check out the Discord links in the description below or here on the stream below. Uh and join us there. You can chat with me and Ian in real time. At least when Ian's not developing his ass off. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I've become the most difficult person to have an online conversation with. But, uh, so, do you have any last words? Anything spooky to say? Spooky. You just like the werewolf. Oh, Yes. Yes. That's about all I got. All right, man. <laughs> that was your the flamboyant werewolf. Good. Yeah. Well, uh, hope you ever everyone has a happy Halloween and find a bag and candy full of any news injections. Uh, toodles. You say your goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs>